0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Bill Gates has a new book out. It's called How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. And I know you're thinking Bill Gates, yeah, Microsoft and all this stuff. And yeah, you're seeing him on CNN a lot talking about vaccines and such. And Moving into climate change? Well, apparently so, yeah. And it's not without some controversy, to be quite frank about it. Uh, Some people suggesting, you know, why all of a sudden are you the self-appointed expert when it comes to this, as you were about vaccines and other things, and questions being asked about how he's raised his money, what's he spending it on, Uh, and there's a lot to read between the headlines here and beyond the headlines that uh, we, we want to t- talk about over the next little while. And there's a, a fascinating piece uh, that was uh, printed in, in The Nation. You can read it yourself later on called Nation.com, if you want to go to that web page. It's called Bill Gates, Climate Warrior and Super Emitter. Uh, Tim Schwab is a uh, freelance journalist uh, who writes for the Gates Foundation, and, uh, and this is published, of course, in The Nation. And he joins us on The Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Tim, thank you so much for the time. Great to have you with us here today. Are we there, Tim?
1: I can hear you, Bill. Can you hear me?
0: Okay, we're good to go. Okay, uh, this, right. Remote broadcasting for the last year now. It's got its own wrinkles and problems, but I'm glad you're with us yeah. here today. Yeah. Thought-provoking piece uh, in, in the nation, uh, Bill Gates' climate warrior and super-emitter. Uh and, and we've seen Bill Gates almost on a daily basis now. I think he's on CNN more than Anderson Cooper these days, uh, usually talking about pandemics and vaccine rollouts, etc. And And more than a few people over the last uh, year or so, Tim, have been asking themselves, well, is, why is this guy the expert that everybody seems to be leaning on? And they're asking the same question now, that he's moved into climate change.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's been really remarkable to see uh, Bill Gates really catapult himself to, like, new heights during the COVID pandemic. And I think what we're seeing is a real kind of institutionalization or normalization of him as a kind of policy expert. And what you see with climate change is him really spending down the political capital he's built up on COVID and just sort of seamlessly now becoming an armchair expert or leader or ambassador or czar on climate change, despite, you know, really pretty thin credentials, um, questionable um, solutions, some pretty stunning financial conflicts of interest and some really um, unfortunate blind spots in, in how he really under, understands this issue. But uh, I think big picture, you nail it, Bill, is that, you know, this kind of gets to, um, you know, what qualifies Bill Gates to really be such an important voice in shaping public policy. I mean, before the, the pandemic, you saw him in, you know, organizing U.S. education. You've seen him in global health. You've seen him in agriculture in Africa. Um, and, you know, he operates as a private actor, as a philanthropist, and that's created a certain kind of halo um, around him. I guess, you know, my view is that the news media overwhelmingly, um, is, you know, favors Bill Gates and is uncritical. And there actually haven't been that many, too many pieces doing what you're doing, which is taking a step back and asking these really thoughtful questions. Um so yeah Thank you for doing this show and for having me on.
0: Well, it's interesting because I, you know I'm, I'm looking at this and and I watch these things and I, I think that there's a perception of maybe how whoever created this, but it seems to be out there that oh yeah, Bill Gates, yeah, he's that guy, the the, the computer guy, and he's made gazillions of dollars. But now he's you know he's made as much money as he ever wants to make, and now he's he's giving back in so many different ways. And and you mentioned a couple of the initiatives that he's tried to be the lead on and the, and the spokesperson for and and. and you, what you're looking for here is credibility i guess uh, uh but he seems to automatically get that credibility from uh the an awful lot of people in the media i mean he's on 60 minutes he's on cnn he's on msnbc uh talking about a number of these things and uh i, I, I can say i think there are a few voices anyway that are saying well, wait a second here when, when did you all of a sudden develop an expertise for this
1: Yeah, and I think the reasons for that are are myriad. Last summer, I wrote a piece for Columbia Journalism Review about the Gates Foundation's funding of the news media. So they're pouring hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, ostensibly charitable donations, but they're going into news organizations, which is, you know, definitely affecting how um, journalists cover the Gates Foundation. And we're talking about all the places that your uh, listeners go to for news, all the way from from ProPublica to Al Jazeera to some reporters working for the New York Times. So I think that's one reason why the news media isn't more critical. But, you know, there's, I think, other, you know, less easy to explain reasons, including that we're always looking for heroes. And especially right now, during, like, pandemic, during a time where you have a lot of uh, failure in global leadership, certainly in the United States, we've seen a major failure in leadership during the pandemic. And when you have somebody like Bill Gates, who shows up, who, you know, to his credit, he runs a charitable foundation that has decades of work on um, on vaccines and on global health. Um, You know, and he takes the mantle. He comes in with um, a a network and he's ready to hit the ground running and has some big ideas about how the pandemic should work. You know, I think it's very easy for the news media just to embrace them as such. But you also, at a certain point, have to take a step back and say, you know, he's a private actor. He's a private philanthropist. There are really no checks and balances over how he operates. Um, You know, our government, for as messy and chaotic and ineffective as it sometimes is, there is a public process and checks and balances around it. What's really stunning is, is now Gates is seamlessly moving into climate change. And people think about it as, you know, the greatest existential crisis facing, you know, the human species right now, which is probably a fair characterization in some ways. But I think we have to think about an equally or more important existential crisis, which is the failure of democratic institutions that we need to really fight climate change. And I have to say, we have to consider Bill Gates as a private actor, as somebody who's you know, asserting influence over policy and climate change and every other subject as an undemocratic or even anti-democratic figure. Nobody elected Bill Gates to be our new climate czar or to run the pandemic, or to influence control over the, influence over the pandemic. He's not been appointed by anyone. He's just asserting his influence in all of these public policy fields. And that's a problem. And there should be some thoughtful discourse about why this is happening, how this is happening, should this be happening? And we could also think about putting some checks and balances over the work of the Gates Foundation.
0: Well, because I mean, you know, if if we're trying to be pragmatic about this, for instance, if there's some concerns about the the vaccine rollout, uh, Bill Gates has nothing to do with that. I mean, I know he's he's made some donations, and God bless him for that. I mean, I'm not trying to belittle that. But he's he's not mm-hmm. making those decisions. That's the Center for Disease Control. That's that's the government. That's the the, the state governments for that matter too. Uh, yet he comes on and, and says this is what we need to do and this is what we need to do. And it's I, I, I'm i always wondering when I see this and it's it's kind of amazing because he's not the first one that, that where this has happened though, Tim. And, uh, I mean, you could put Elon Musk into that cab, or Richard Branson, people like that as well. And you talk about them in the piece that you wrote. Uh, we, we seem to, to to lower the bar a little bit. and Say, is it because these guys were entrepreneurs? I mean, they didn't come for money; they've created something and and got filthy rich as a result of that. So we need to listen to them.
1: Yeah, it, it's. I don't know. I mean, it's hard at a certain point not to just conclude that at some base and fundamental level that we just worship wealth. You know, even like the, those of us among us who have a critical lens on that, who are aware of our own bias and blind spots, you know, just the intellectual firmament, the way we've been socialized, I think a lot of us just at some level worship wealth. And you see somebody like, um, you know, all these billionaires you're describing, and it's hard to really um, separate yourself at some fundamental level, you know, especially when they come into um, the public discourse on these, on these policy issues with philanthropists somebody who's giving away all of their money, you know, when that is the sort of public persona of what they're doing, it gets very, it creates a lot of cognitive dissonance and it becomes even harder, I think, to see clearly what's happening. But when when you have a really rich billionaire um, who's shaping public policy, whether it is climate change or the pandemic or education, I think you have to understand them really as political actors, not as philanthropists. They're using their money, their billions of dollars to shape public policy, to bend it to how they think that the world should work. Um, and that is fundamentally a, a political act. It's not an innocent, um, indiscriminate writing of checks. There's an actual real politi- political motivation and a political agenda there that deserves scrutiny.
0: Well, and it's the approach he's taking that, uh, and, and the, the other guys we just mentioned, I think, fall into the same sort of category as well. Uh, you know, in the old days, if you wanted to lobby governments for change, you went to Washington and, and uh, you know, the, the brown envelopes with some senators or, or congresspeople or whatever the case might be, uh, he's he's taken to the media stage and, and figures, you know what, I, I don't need to change the administration's uh, my uh, mindset on this. I need to change the American people's mindset on this, which will in fact pressure the administration to change
1: yeah i mean i think there's like hard power and there's soft power and you know for what it's worth forbes has listed bill gates as one of the 10 most powerful people in the world for for years he's been on that list um i i personally don't think that's hyperbole i really do think that he is one of the most powerful actors on mm-hmm. the global oh, without a doubt um you know earlier yeah. I mean, earlier you talked about his um, you seem to describe him as kind of having a limited role with the vaccine rollout and describing the sort of American political context. But you have to understand that Gates operates on a global level and at that, the highest levels of um, like global public health, for example, the World Health Organization and the work they're doing on the vaccine rollout. I think it's a mistake to to understate um, the role that the Gates Foundation has in that. I think they've played a um, an important and um, underscrutinized role. Role in all of that, Um, but again, whatever power Bill Gates or the Gates Foundation has, it is we have to accept that it is undemocratic. It doesn't follow through some political appointment or election, and it's not subject to rigorous checks and balances. And unfortunately, I'd say my colleagues in the fourth estate um, are also not applying checks and balance commensurate with the power that he wields.
0: What kind of let's let's talk about this, though, at the political level. I mean, do they do the elected officials and I not I mean at every level, but more specifically, I guess at the federal and state level, especially in the states, uh, do do they is is he a player? do they do they respect him? Do they listen to him? Do they fear him? what's what's the the response?
1: Um, <clears throat> well, it's interesting. you know Bill Gates talks about um you know having regular phone calls with Anthony fauci. Um, I don't know how much he gets to the news cycle in Canada, but, you know, he's kind of the head of um, the COVID pandemic response from the U.S. government. Um, he's with the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Bill Gates can call up any world leader at any time and sort of bend their ear.
0: And they'll they return um, that I call. Mean, maybe that's
1: a, yeah, they'll take the call. Yeah. Um, so yeah he has access you know he's sitting at the table he's not just a talking head in the media he's very much at these sort of negotiating tables where decisions are
0: being made so so he's he understands that he does wield that power and, and your point's well taken by the way we would talk about the influence he may have with the uh, with u.s but i mean it is global i mean he's you know he he talks to world leaders about this and looks at the international level and, and and you're right when i see him on cnn which is on a pretty regular basis talking about the vaccination program he seems to be talking about it on a global level about what's happening in other countries Absol- in Europe and Scandinavia.
1: Absolutely, and and I'm curious, Bill. There in, in Canada, what's the? Um, I mean, is, is he like widely? I assume that, like in the United States, he's widely admired, widely feared. Oh, sure. He gets good media coverage. Is it the same phenomenon there?
0: Oh, absolutely, and and you know, because we're watching with great interest. Obviously, we have a Canadian bent to what's going on with the pandemic here. But you know, we've we've got Dr. Fauci on all the time, and and you know, the, the CNN stuff and the MSNBC stuff and everything. So, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's no border there at the, at the 49th parallel. I mean, this is all happening in North America, and we're listening to those experts. And uh, and he's got credibility, and he knows he's got credibility, not necessarily in the fields that he's speaking about, but he's got credibility. And I think it goes back to your point. I think we as a, as a, as a society admire a guy that makes a ton of money. Uh, Oprah Winfrey's the same way. Uh, you know who who you know to her credit has has accumulated a great deal of wealth uh in in the diff- different endeavors uh, and has used that that position that she's attained to, to try to comment on social issues and political issues and so many other things uh, and and again, not with the same scrutiny that uh, that other people might get uh, you or I or anybody else for that matter because well, you know they're very successful and very rich so we should listen to them that seems to be the mindset and it works for them
1: yeah and what's ri- yeah it definitely works for them. And what's really striking about Bill Gates, and I've, a lot of the reporting I've done over the last year has looked at this, but you know he doesn't you know advocate for certain policies as a totally disinterested, dispassionate uh, person. Like climate change, for example, his main credential into the climate change discourse is as an investor. He has billions of dollars invested in climate change technologies, new technologies and innovations that he promotes in his new book. As solutions to climate change, it's just a stunning financial conflict of interest. Um, I don't know if I Well, to Elon to explain, Musk is in the same but... boat, isn't
0: he? I mean, Elon Musk yeah, has been I looking mean, for Elon alternative Musk's sources of energy, and and that's and that because that's cool. We uh, we're all supportive of of developing alternative sources of energy, uh, but Tesla, he's he's going to get rich, uh, even richer than he is. Uh, and Bill Gates, as you mentioned in the first column in the in the article today. Uh, during this pandemic, his personal wealth, Gates' personal wealth, has actually increased by about $20 billion in the last little while. So, you know, philanthropy is great, and he's to be, uh, you know, credited with that. Uh, but uh, he's, he's still raking it in, too.
1: Yeah, I think we need – there's just so many mythologies, it's hard to have, like, a, a clear-ed conversation about Bill Gates. People say he's given away all this money, but he's richer now than he's ever been before. So, you know, basically anything you think you know or understand about Bill Gates, there's probably another side of the story that's much more accurate, um, and that's like what you just said is, is a, a case in point.
0: Well, and and it's like I say, it goes to this broader thing about the the uh, the, the credibility that we give to people that uh, that have accrued wealth in, in whatever fashion it is. I mean, you know, we we seem to, to kind of turn our noses up at, at, at generational wealth and say, yeah, well, they were born into it, big deal. Uh, but if you can start, it's it's really i guess to get elementary about it really tim it's almost the personification of the american dream isn't it that uh, you can start with virtually nothing and become you know filthy rich uh and and those people are to be admired and i I think in north america we've always held those people up on a pedestal to say look at what they've attained and and they do deserve credit for that but does that automatically give them credibility on political and social economic issues
1: i I definitely agree, Bill, but I would say again, like the mythology around Bill Gates is just so stunning is he's not a self made man he grew up wealthy he was going to be wealthy, no matter what he did with his life. I mean, he wouldn't be as fabulously wealthy as he is now, but he 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 was like he grew up in a wealthy so he's not some bootstrap you know individual um and of course, how he made his money at Microsoft um is a is a pretty storied um, you know case uh, surrounded in allegations of uh, monopolistic business practices. You know he was one of the most controversial public figures and one of the most controversial business people in the you know history of uh, global commerce. And but you know today we've sort of lost track of of the source of all of these funds um, and how he made his money. Um, even though I think they they really do speak to the. the second chapter um, he's taken on as a philanthropist
0: well it's a great way to get a different perspective on this and i encourage people to go to the website uh, thenation.com and uh, pick out the article it's called bill gates climate warrior and super emitter uh, tim schwab thank you so much for the uh, the great work that you did on the piece and thanks for spending some time with us today
1: thanks so much bill it's so rare to have folks in the news media take an interest in
0: this issue so i really appreciate <laughs> you being open-minded and thoughtful Okay, stay in touch and stay well. We'll talk again soon. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.